We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jason, talking about breakout players, I know it's kind of like a, a cliche thing to do, but it actually is a, a pretty worthy exercise in a sense where, you know, breakout's a buzzy word, um, yeah. you know, for YouTube and all that stuff. But really what we're trying to do in fantasy football, I mean, like we all know who the first round picks are, who the second round picks are, but who is the guy in that you're drafting in the fourth and fifth round that really returns like pick seven overall value. I, I think that's really what this exercise is. Finding guys in the double-digit rounds that are every week starters for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you interpret or how did you perceive like breakout players when I asked you to compile a list of guys that you think can help anyone getting ready for their draft? I mean, the simplest one for me is just who's going to outperform their ADP. Uh, and to another degree, for the most part, who hasn't done it yet? Uh, but I do have a couple players that, in the back of my head that, you know, maybe have already broken out, but, have, you know, their breakout has been forgotten about, uh, you know, maybe some re-breakout, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the 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 guys that I've been thinking of, too, are it just who is, yeah, I guess who's going to beat their ADP? I'm only mean that. We don't mean, like, your 14th round pick performs, like, a ninth rounder, which is good. You want that. Yeah. You need that on your roster. But what we're going to try to do today is give you some just some names of players and strategy conversation, roster build construction of breakout players that really will try to help you, uh, you know, I said gain an edge in your fantasy league because it's so hard. I mean, when what do you think the edge is in fantasy football nowadays? I mean, because it used to be when I first started playing, like just reading Rotowire, like getting the news yeah. and knowing who the backups were. But now... Even like the dopiest person in my office will know who the third running back is on like the Bears. Yeah, I think one thing I'm trying to really lean into this year, and it's probably terrible. We'll see how it goes out. But I'm really trying to rely on my gut feeling and my personal analysis because that's the only thing that's different these days. Every single person, as you just said, has every single stat uh, at the at the click of a button. So you've got to try to do some sort of variation. I think that a lot of strategies that have been key the past few years just are starting not to work anymore. And I'm here with Jason Allwine. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Thank All right. You. Jason Allwine. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm here with Jason Allwine. Uh, I became aware of Jason because he does a pretty much a daily fantasy football show called Wake and Take. Great name. And he just gets you up to date on everything that's going on. I mean, it's something that I tune into uh, a few times a week. And if I don't feel like reading the news and I'm making my breakfast, Jason, I'll flip your show on and you'll just get me up to date on everything's going on. It's uh, it's really a, a useful show because by the time most podcasts come out, it's already like a few hours delayed. You you were talking about Tank Dell this morning and yep. all the other guys that just like the stuff I need to know to get my day going as a content creator. And certainly if I'm doing some fantasy football research. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a real utility. So, you know, yeah, tell, just tell everyone quickly before we get into the meat of our breakout players very quickly. How can they find you every morning like I do? Yeah, uh, it's on the Player Profiler YouTube channel Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And uh, I'm usually tweeting it out to my personal Twitter is at JFootballWine. Yep, and that's all linked in the video description below. Nice. Uh, just before we get going here, uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Rival Fantasy, Circa Las Vegas, and Fantrax. And we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, you know, it's the the list of sponsors is long, and we're grateful. But man, I I gotta make sure I, I get that all right. All right. First of all, Jason, how many managed leagues are you going to be in in 2023, seasonal and dynasty put together? Uh, without like going for a specific number, probably about 10. I, okay. I don't like to do too many. I really don't. You know, some people listening to this say 10 is not too many. You're, you're too much in the content creator world where we do dozens of leagues. 10 is a lot of leagues. Just so you know, it is, it is. And I, I jumped up. I was only in four last year. So I've, I've over doubled. Yeah, it, wait till you see it. Because I remember the days, because, you know, it's I've documented on this podcast, I'm in well over 40 managed leagues. It's complete hell. It's horrible. I don't recommend that for anybody. It's just what happens, you know, between my dynasty leagues and yeah. jumping in other people's leagues. So going from four to 10, though, you have to you have to be on it. Waiver wire is, is like now a full-time job. So um, yeah. <laughs> now what's your dynasty redraft split? Uh, it is all dynasty. I, I will probably play in one redraft league this year. Oh, okay. All right, that's good. I uh, I've been, you know, getting rid of some redraft too, but I'm doing I'm doing some drafts for the NFFC, which I love. And anyone who uh, I that likes high stakes fantasy, I certainly urge you to go to NFFC, play NFFC.com, and you know, a couple home leagues here and there. So before you know it, I say like I'm going to do one or two, but it ends up being nine, fifteen. Who knows? Who can keep count? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about breakout players. We already defined it here. Who's somebody, when I said to you, bring me a few breakout players, who was the first person that popped in your brain and why? The first person was James Cook. The first person was James Cook. Running back on the uh, Buffalo Bills. Yes. Yeah, and that's just mostly because, A, I'm not really believing in Damian Harris being that significant of a role taker aware. (laughs) Uh, He only got a $1.7 million contract. And last year, James Cook was just incredibly efficient. He led the entire NFL in breakaway run rate. He was third in yards per touch and second in true yards per carry. Uh, And, I mean, there's some receiving work to go around as well. If you count Devin Singletary's targets from last year and add up James Cook, you've got a a pretty good 86 targets to go around in that offense. And I think pretty much all of that's going to go to James Cook this year. So he's getting drafted in like, you know, the sixth to eighth round, depending on what platform you're on. What kind of numbers do you expect James Cook to have? Like how many, just off the top of your head, just spitballing, how many rushing yards, if he plays a healthy season, how many catches, how many touchdowns? Yeah, I guess give me 
50 catches for 300 something yards and three receiving touchdowns and give me uh i don't know how many rush attempts but give me you know like 1100 rush yards okay wow so if he does that he's like a third round pick so you're yeah. this is a player that, so you're you've been getting him a lot i'm assuming in in your drafts yeah and i mean pretty much all of these players that we're going to talk about today have been hyper targeting i'm not one to um hedge my bets i i when i'm convicted in a player i get them I, I overexpose. It's funny you say that because so many uh, fantasy touts, you know, it's, uh, myself included, I'm rooting for and against every player every week. It's it, it's horrible. Like I'm telling you, my my life in fantasy football has become miserable because you're you're too spread out and diversified. So yeah. don't let anyone tell you that you're over overweight on this player. Now I, I want to talk about James Cook here because you know normally if we would say a a second round drafted running back in the real NFL draft is going to be the lead back on a good offense. I mean, this player at very least would be a fourth round pick. What do you think is driving James Cook's? What's the, I guess, what's the skepticism do you think from the general market on James Cook? Why is he a sixth through eighth round pick depending on the platform? I think just the bills running back just kind of had a stink to it. You go back to like the, when Zach Moss and Devin Singletary were first kind of sharing that backfield and you just couldn't ever decide between them. Plus, you've got Josh Allen taking so many carries and rushing touchdowns away as well. But, I mean, I, I'm not really worried about that with James Cook. He's incredibly explosive. He has pass-catching prowess and, again, attached to an explosive offense. I really think that he's going to be able to get it done. The other thing that you mentioned, you talked about Damian Harris. Like, that's yeah. exactly the kind of running back that you want behind him. You don't want exactly. – Yeah, you don't want someone that's going to take 50% share. I mean, at best, Damian Harris is going to – be a goal line short yardage guy, and maybe that's going to come from Josh Allen's share. And what if they don't want Josh Allen to run as much when they get in close, especially in the first six weeks of the season? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I like the James Cook pick. I haven't gotten him. I'm trying to think why. I think it, sometimes in the in the seventh ish round, um, I've gotten I, I've I've already drafted my running backs, so I tend to probably go with like my tight end. I've been getting Evan Ingram, Darren Waller when he falls there. I think that's mm. been it, but. I need with this the rest of the best balls that are coming up. I think that's a really good pick. I love drafting running backs early, but the more I draft Jason, I realize that the market is just not cooperating. It's are, do you agree that even if you're a running back drafter, it you need to really get three wide receivers in the first five rounds, two in the first four? Yeah, I would say two in the first four. It really depends. I mean, it, I I am someone who believes that you're able to find wide receiver talent way easier than the other positions. I think if you can lock down a top tier wide receiver at least in the first few rounds, you're fine. I'm I like to I'm one of the people who likes to have a cornerstone at every position. So I like to go through. I like to have my quarterback. I like to have my running back. I like to have my wide receiver and maybe my tight end, uh, depending on who's there. Um, and it really just depends. But I do find value in the wide receiver position enough to where I'm okay punting if I have to. I like to let the board come to me. I'm not reaching just to reach a certain amount of wide receivers. I think the the difference here in philosophy is really whether it's best ball or redraft. So in your typical yeah. managed league, your home league, here's the problem with fading. Wide, and I want to fade wide receiver early, but here's the issue. Let's say that you you know you, you push or punt wide receiver after your anchor guy, and you have to start three guys. So let's say you have Tyreek Hill or whoever in round one, Cooper Cup, and yeah. then your rest of your wide receivers are like Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, or you know in that yeah. range right there, and that's. Good, right? We like Mike yeah. Evans. You know, I mean, you know, they might be boring picks, but the problem is when those guys have two bad weeks in a row, you're like, oh no, 
I can't even like, do I start them? Do I start Darius Slayton, who I picked up in the last round, has had eight for 80 and six for 70? And then you get into these crazy start sick questions. Whereas if you get two wide receivers early, if you go um, Cup and Alave and then a third wide, you know, even if those guys have bad weeks, they're like auto starts in your head. So that's the problem I struggle with because I don't, I want to do the same thing you did. I want to wait on wide receiver a little bit. There's so many good players, yeah. but it's like those auto start guys that, 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 because what's the worst part of fantasy football? It's those start sit decisions. Yeah. But then sometimes what's, what's worse is having your guy who's an auto start guy that is getting you just like eight points. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, that's fine. But where's that ceiling, man? You're supposed to have some ceiling. <laughs> and, it, and so yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I know. It's really I, tough. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. That's why I'm having you on. So we could talk these things through because, yeah. all right. Yeah. So I like James Cook as a breakout. Um, give, give me the, you gave me the upside case. Is there, is there a floor for James Cook? What happens if things go fine? Not great, but just fine. What do you see him? Like what kind of a, of a player is he? Is he like RB 17 if things don't go well? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's about right. I would say RB 20 is his floor. Um, right. I think that especially in PPR formats, he's going to give you enough. All right, give me another breakout guy, a player that you think this is the year uh, people are just are not seeing the upside in this player. Can I go with Kyle Pitts? Does he count? Very much so. I mean, okay. it, we, we again, we forget that we're in this thing 24-7 uh, around the clock, but most drafters that are coming in watching fantasy football content think Kyle Pitts sucks for fantasy. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I'm noticing. I mean, I, when I'm starting to see – like Darren Waller, for example, go over uh, Kyle Pitts. I, I, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes right there. I, I kind of get it to a certain degree, but I think the same concerns are there for the same player. And when you look at Kyle Pitts, and I'll talk about just the Falcons' offense as a whole uh, before we get into that. But when we look at Kyle Pitts, you see a six foot six, two hundred forty five guy who runs a four four nine, absolutely insane profile. Last season with terrible quarterback play. He was still decent in, a li- in limited games as well. He led tight ends and target rate, was second in target share, had the most air yard share, had the second best average depth of targets, led in deep targets in only 11 games, had the most unrealized air yards. What does that mean? It, What's unrealized air yards mean? Those are yards that were meant to be caught. Basically because Marcus Mariota was so bad, he left so much out on the field highlighted by he was fifth and expected points per game, but didn't quite get that. Um, and so I, we've got some people, you know, that uh, Billy Muzios who comes to mind from player profiler, who is sc- not really scared, but is trying to figure out who to target in the Falcons offense, believes that something has to give. You can't have Bijan Robinson, you can't have Kyle Pitts, and you can't have Drake London all performing at a high level. I'm fading Drake London and going in on Kyle Pitts this year. Because I think when you break down how I imagine defenses will be attacking this offense, I see a linebacker focused on Bijan Robinson. I see a linebacker focused on Desmond Ritter, making sure he's not scrambling out. I see the number one corner covering Drake London. And then I see no one covering Kyle Pitts. How are you stopping Kyle Pitts? I just think he's always going to be open. And I actually went to the open practice, the Falcons open practice last week. And Desmond Ritter and Kyle Pitts had a private session together, just them working it out. He had a nice touchdown catch as well when they did the 11-11 red zone work. I really just think that he's going to be a focal point now going into year three. And, if you know, I like what you said there about your fading London and going to Kyle Pitts because we don't know uh, which one of these guys is going to break out, if any. And if you're going to place the chip on one of them, why not, first of all, take the one that goes a round and a half, two rounds later? 
Mm-hmm. And then also take the one that solves a major problem, a, a onesie position, a tight end position. Because yep. if London doesn't work out, you know, and, and you've passed on, you know, your f- favorite fifth round or fourth round wide receiver, Terry McLaurin or whoever it is, it's going to be almost impossible to replace that guy. Now, everyone's going to have a problem at tight end outside the top yep. two or three tight ends. So you're just going to go to the waiver wire in most leagues and pick up Higby or Gerald Everett or, again, depending on how deep your league is. So I think that yep. that's the better bet. I really like that. Um and also, tight ends usually break out in year three. We forget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah, it's it's just it's it's simple to me. I mean, he had the fantastic rookie year, a thousand yards, kind of disappointing. But again, when you go to those underlying metrics I talked about, it really wasn't that disappointing. I just I think it's going to be really good now. I, I think it's time. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I was taking a lot of Kyle Pitts in the early best ball because like, oh my god i can't believe he's falling around five but now he's like in round seven so yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> you know it, I, but every time i clicked on him in these in drafts i'm not expecting it but i see the he was going in round three last year he yep. was going in like early round two his rookie year in a lot of drafts no i like that call i when i was going over my list i forgot i should have thought of kyle pitts that's a really good one um have you ever been out to las vegas before i haven't okay I haven't. well you need to go Okay, the casinos there because one of our sponsors, Circa, uh, they they run a huge Survivor contest. You know what Survivor is, obviously, right? You pick one team a week, and then yeah. there's no point spread. So, and they also have a a great pick'em contest. So, the biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with 14 million in guaranteed prizes at Circa Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, meaning you have to go there and plunk down your money to to get in these contests. But play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week, 100% payback to the players. Grand finale winner takes home a million bucks. Join Circa Survivor, where you select one team each week, straight up with no repeat selections. Everybody knows how to play Survivor. If the team loses or ties, you're eliminated. Each team can only be picked one time. Go 20-0 and be the last person standing and get $8 million guaranteed. Uh, 14 million in gu- guaranteed prizes. Go to uh, visit Circa sports.com for details so uh we go out to circus sports every year for the rotowire trip man that place is like a sports betters uh heaven i'm here with jason alwine all wine all jason all wine alwine Alwine. yeah Yeah. um from player profiler you may uh, i've seen him on the wake and take show giving up daily updates i'm alan sislowski rotowire.com and we are talking about the 10 players that we think are going to break out um I think Jerry Judy's going to break out this year. And and the reason I, I pick him is like, you know, again, he goes in the short, some of these sharper drafts in the third round, but you know, your home league will go in the fourth or fifth round, depending on where they draft wide receivers. Everyone likes Jerry Judy, but last year in the, in the, like the home stretch, one of my favorite fantasy football strategies, Jason, is to look how uh, players did with those last month, last month and a half of the season. And when you, when you, the money week started the fantasy playoffs, all the way to the end of the year, Jerry Judy was a top five wide receiver. So yeah. is it guaranteed that? No, but we saw the upside. And then when they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett and the offense was, quote, freed, I think he was like wide receiver one or two one year. So if you're if you're in a league and you need to take him in the third round, if you are taking running backs early and you want a player that could be wide receiver seven overall this year, mm-hmm. I really like what I saw from the end of the year from Jerry Judy and obviously – the Sean Payton coaching upgrade by all yep. accounts. Jerry Judy's the wide receiver one. Tim Patrick injury consolidates the targets a little bit. Uh, have you been getting much Judy? And are you as optimistic as I just stated here? 
Yeah, and Judy has been someone I was really hoping would break out last year, too. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I like the call. Hopefully he hits that first round draft capital, you know, that worth. I think that we're saved a bit by last year. He only had only only had 972 yards in 15 games. I think if he played that 16th game, had a thousand yards, people would be putting a little bit more respect on his name. I think that, you know, all of us really, every single fantasy football analyst I've talked to really is expecting the Broncos to take a step forward, expecting Russell Wilson to bounce back. And I think a big part of that could definitely be Jerry Judy. Yeah. And when we talk breakouts, it's, you know, Jerry Judy goes in the top 50 picks. It's not like he's not a, an unknown player. This isn't a sleeper. This is a player who, again, I'm not saying this year's Cooper Cup. I love that cliche. It's one of my favorites. But Cooper Cup was a player that was in the fourth round and yep. returned number one overall wide receiver value. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. A player that goes in the fourth round that could end up giving you a a, a top 12 finish. Uh, just before we move on with our next player, uh, Jason, somebody in the chat, if you're listening to this on the podcast, had a good question. They asked about uh, Survivor League. Is that the same as Guillotine League? No. A Survivor no. League, just for a quick explanation, and we'll do a whole podcast on this one time, is you pick one matchup a week in the real NFL, which team is going to win, no point spread, and if you get it right, you move on. It's harder than it looks, and you can't pick the same team twice. It's not a fantasy thing. It's a real football thing. So I'll do a better job of explaining that next time. Um, somebody had also mentioned Cortland Sutton. I think there's enough to go around. You know, Cortland Sutton uh, it won't be the reason that Jerry Judy doesn't break out. I think that they could both have a good season there. All right, give me another player that we should be talking about as someone that's going to break out in 2023. George Pickens. Ooh, sexy. George Pickens. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Twitter highlight himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that there's more to it. I think, you know, just the Steelers offense in general, I'm projecting to get a little bit better. Uh, and last year he was used really well. He was seventh in deep targets, third in average depth of target. Pretty decent. Kenny Pickett takes a step forward. He's going to connect on those a bit more. And we've already seen the contested catch ability. And I'm just not a big Deontay Johnson guy. I think that George Pickens does end up earning the true alpha role here. And I think that we're going to be wishing that we took George Pickens a lot earlier than he's been going. Yeah, I, uh, I've put out a couple pieces of video content um, with the Deontay love, but I, I'm a little nervous about it. I'll admit that. Mm -hmm. um, George Pickens, it, it's hard to deny what you see on Twitter, uh, and there's always going to be someone in my drafts that like him better. He's, he's someone that I have faded, but he's, I'm scared. I need to get him a little bit because I, it's at my own demise here. Now, the, the reason for Deontay is that, you know, the 145 targets last year, yeah with no touchdowns and he was still wide receiver 30 had he gotten even just four touchdowns he would have been wide receiver 19 you're getting him so cheap why can't both guys eat i think they could i mean i think that there's plenty to go around and and this is part of the reason why i'm not like crazy in on pat fryer mute that costs is because i do believe that george pickens is going to break out i believe Najee harris is going to have a better year i believe that deontay johnson's going to score some touchdowns too so i just i, I think that everyone is going to be a pretty good producer i'm just expecting George Pickens to be the more exciting of the bunch. Oh yeah. He'll be, you know, he'll, he'll have that Odell Beckham one handed catch this year yeah. where the cameras are flashing. Now I also read something uh, this week, this morning about the rookie tight end Darnell Washington. I don't know if you covered him on your wake and take show. They're saying that he's going to be a major uh, end zone threat as well. I mean, he's, what is he like six foot eight, like massive. Yeah, he's massive. massive. Uh, yeah, I actually went to the UGA Pro Day, and that was about the only thing he could do was work in the red zone. I mean, he's not a fantastic route runner or anything, but his size, he uses it well, uh, and he can go up and get it. I think that makes a ton of sense. 
Yeah, Deontay versus George Pickens is like low-key Twitter bro battle, and I'm interested to see it out. It's funny that we're on opposite sides of that, but I'm not hating on George Pickens. I think that's a, a really good call. Um, the player that I had on my list here that I, that I thought was going to break out home. Uh... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oh, you know what? This is at the top of the draft. So I, I it's not someone that I think is going to break out, but everyone's predicting Garrett Wilson to go to the moon. Like he's going at like pick 10 in sharp drafts and pick 14 or 15 in some, you know, some of your home league drafts. I, I was just curious on your take on Garrett Wilson because, I mean, I know the quarterback play was bad last year, and he, but he only had like four touchdowns. It, 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 people don't think that Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers' MVP. Where are you going to be on Garrett Wilson? Do you think that he's set up for a breakout, or is he one of the players that could disappoint in 2023 if you're taking him at 12-13? Garrett Wilson, to me, is one of the players being drafted at his ceiling, and that's fine. He could hit that ceiling. I'm not saying he won't, but I'm going to look elsewhere. I, I don't like to take players that are at the top of their market in redraft, in dynasty especially. I have him as a sell candidate. I think you just get a ton from Garrett Wilson in dynasty leagues. Uh, especially, I mean, like you get like a Lave plus and they're essentially the same player. So um, I, I, I think that it's good process to target him given what Aaron Rodgers has done with his wide receiver one, but I'm just, I'm not comfortable doing it. Yeah, I was just looking at my list, too. I do have James Cook, so I feel good that you have him also. When, nice. when smart guys have uh, the players that I like, that's why I get nervous that you're on George Pickens. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, someone else I have on the, the list of breakout players. 
I want to see where you're coming in on Alexander Madison. This is the most fascinating discussion to me because talk about like Republicans and Democrats, like people that are split on on an issue here. This is right down the middle in the fantasy world. There is a sector of uh, of fantasy analysts and players that think Alexander Madison is like the biggest sucker pick in the fifth round. And there's players like me who think that Alexander Madison, what a great, I mean, everything lined up. Dalvin Cook left. They paid him decent money. He's always been the next guy up. He had his chance to go anywhere. He chose to stay with the Vikings. Sure, we like the players that are behind him and Ty Chandler, et cetera. But this is Alexander Madison's backfield. It's like, don't overthink it. Boring player, got the has the opportunity. You, we were paying a first-round pick for Dalvin Cook last year, Jason. I mean, this is a fifth-round yeah. pick. All of that risk is kind of squeezed out. Where are you coming in on Madison? Is he a breakout? I hate this one. I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry. I'm not in on Alexander Madison at cost. The people need to hear an opposing view, you know? Yeah, um, it's... Why? For me, it's it for me, it starts with the sample size. I know he produced really well in Dalvin Cook's absence. How much of that was that defenses were like, Dalvin Cook's gone. Let's game plan for the passing. We'll let Alexander Madison beat us. I don't know. That's just a thought I've had when I kind of think about it. And also it's uh, we like Ty Chandler behind him. Last night he was used extensively in the preseason game. I know it's preseason, but tons of tons of work. He's got look a good. fantastic profile. Look good. Yeah, and you look good. And you look good. Uh, they're only paying Alexander Madison, I think, like an average of $3 million a year. I think that there's still room for them to bring someone in. I think that they're a sneaky landing spot for some of these guys that are still hanging around. And also, he didn't look good last night, but I still have some hope left for Dwayne McBride as well. College rushing leader last season. Good running back, you know, that those guys can eventually break out. I mean, we see the undrafted rookie archetype year in, year out now these days. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to name a few players that go in that same area, and I already know the answer for you is going to be that you'd rather have the other player that I name. So if you're also, if you're watching in the chat, you could participate in this activity too. I'm going to say Alexander Madison or this running back. I'm going to give you the the next five that go after him. So you just say Madison or the player I name. Okay, Jason, we're going to do this exercise. Uh, in In the draft that I did, the NFFC draft, here's the running backs that went directly after Madison. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Okay. Madison or Dobbins, given the uncertainty there? I'll swing for the fences and go with Dobbins. Okay. We're th- like, uh, this is so far what I anticipated. Madison or Miles Sanders? Madison. Okay. I'm going to give you a little tricky now. Madison or DeAndre Swift? I think I'll go with Madison. Okay. Good. Now we're back. Now you're back on the right side of things. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Madison or Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce. Okay. Uh, Rashad White. Rashad White. Uh, Dalvin Cook, unsigned or Madison? I'm going to answer it in a terrible way. Dalvin Cook on Dolphins. But you have to know you're drafting today. You're drafting today right right now, and he's unsigned. uh, I think I might take the risk on Dalvin Cook. Okay. um, We're doing about three more of these. Uh, James Conner or Alexander Madison? James Conner. Wow, you're all right. You're really out, Rashad Penny. I'll go Madison. I'll go all right, Madison. and last one is David Montgomery. I'll go Madison. All right, all right. So if you're drafting, you're not touching this guy until about the seventh round. That's basically what what I calculated here. You're you're out. All right, yeah. um, I'm in. He's out. You decide. Breakout players. Uh, we've been going down my list. Tell me somebody else that you brought to the table that you see as a as a viable breakout. 
I put a lot here. Let's see. Give me, give me, um, give me a tight end. I'm looking for a tight, tight end. end. All right, yeah. all right. Uh, let's go with Jelani Woods. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, Jelani Woods is the second-year tight end on the Colts for those who are just getting back yeah. into it now. Why is Jelani Woods a breakout? And by the way, he gets drafted in the double teen rounds, right? Like the, the 14, 15. He might even get drafted in your home league. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially in just single tight end, no premium. He's probably out there on your waiver wires in some leagues. Uh, it starts with just his pure athleticism. He is the 10th most athletic tight end in the entire player profiler database. He's 6'7", 252 pounds, and all of his workout metrics come in at the 80th percentile or higher. Just a fantastic, fantastic profile. But last year, even though he didn't wasn't that good of a fantasy football producer, he still was number five in contested catch rate, number eight in yards per reception, and fourth in average depth of target. And just for those people who like to see how he performed, he had a very respectable eight reception, 98-yarder against Pittsburgh, and in week three scored two touchdowns against the Chiefs, one of which was a game winner. So he's got that dog in him. And I believe that, you know, we, we see like the Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews connection. Maybe we've got the Anthony Richardson to Jelani Woods connection sitting right in front of us. Yeah, I like that. Jelani Woods. It's easy to see low yardage and like 14 touchdowns, like is the upside, right? Like Anthony Richardson, yeah. if they're not going to run it with him, Jonathan Taylor, we don't know what's going on right now. Who doesn't want to just, and Anthony Richardson is what, six foot five. So it's not like he could see over the top of that line and just a yeah. little pop pass to Jelani in there. Um no, I, I really like that. I, I haven't gotten enough Jelani Woods. And if you're in a, a, a best ball format where you don't even have to pick the weeks, it's fine. But anytime you're getting into that depth of tight end, you're just putting him in there. You're okay with the three-point performance when you're going to get a 16 or here and there. So yeah. that's a good call. Uh, who who are players, one or two players that are getting drafted ahead of Woods that you're just like laugh every time that they go? What, in that, like basically that deep tight end. Who are the late-round tight ends? That you do, that you want people not to consider when they're taking Woods, Jake Ferguson, Hunter Henry slash Mike Jasicki. Okay, yeah, and those guys all go ahead of them right now. So, yeah. all right, I like that. Um, do you play any leagues on the Fan Tracks website? I don't. I'm a sleeper. I'm a sleeper boy. Yeah. So me too. But I've started playing a few fan tracks leagues, and okay. their their sponsor. It's excellent because a couple. If so, if you've played on fan tracks a couple years ago, they've completely made this thing look great, and it's a seamless app. And for your fantasy football players out there, uh, there's something you wish your fantasy league had or features that you're missing in your current leagues: bonus scoring, custom schedules, deeper settings. We'll look no further. We have you covered with our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball create or join. This is the good part, Jason create okay. a, or join a fantasy football commissioner league, invite your friends and dominate your draft. Uh, Fantrax is the top dynasty fantasy fu- uh, platform out there. Now they have this really cool offer running right now. Here's the promotion. You don't want to uh, sign up for Fantrax.com slash rotowire R O T O W I R E today and enter your chance to win tickets to any See any regular season game for you and your entire league. So all you need to do is go to fantrax.com slash rotowire. You'll be entered in to win tickets for your whole league to a game. I don't even know if I want to go to a game with some of the people in my league. 
That's a, some of these people are, you know, it's like, can you imagine? Uh, but no, if you're doing a home league, it's probably fun. But here's a, another good part. Plus, they'll give you 6000 bucks for spending cash, you know? So you can only wow. imagine what you could do with that six k. Wow. Uh, that's right. Tickets for your, your entire league. Simply just create a league. Bring over your existing league for more chances to win. So if you're in 10 leagues like Jason, you have 10 chances to win. That's pretty good. Simply just go to Fantrax, Fantrax. Uh, dot com slash Rotowire sign up today. Pretty good deal. Yeah. Pretty good deal. Good. Yeah. And they have a pretty cool app. All right. We're talking about players that are going to break out in fantasy football this year. Uh, give me a running back. You talked about James Cook earlier. Give me a running back that you think right now um, you're just laughing because everyone else is not on them and you know they're going to break out. I have Devon Chain, The rookie on the, the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is just more of a system slash scheme play. Uh, I know originally people were upset that he didn't even weigh 190 pounds. He came in at like 188 or something like that at the combine. He is officially up to 197. He ran a 4-3-2. And I just can't draw up a better landing spot than the Miami Dolphins. Reports out of camp are that he's absolutely impressing. He's getting receiving work and he's breaking away run after run. I just think that there's going to be a ton of that next year. And with the people, to the people who have the health concern issues, if both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert can stay healthy on that team for most of the year, I think Devon A. Chan can as well. I mean, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson staying healthy. I mean, what, what world What world are we living in now? They're almost guaranteed to miss four games each, or yeah. eight games combined. So, yeah, no, A-Chain, I, I guess really if A-Chain was like a 220-pounder, we'd be taking him, you know, right where we were taking Jameer Gibbs, right, or right after. I mean, it's, it's just his size is the deterrent, and by all accounts, he's he's looked the part. Why can't he be the next Darren Sproles or even Chris Thompson or somebody yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody had a question. Do you, I mean, we didn't really plan for this, but they, they, in leagues that play with DST def, uh, defense, special teams, do you have any uh, defensive strategy that you use or a breakout defense that you could recommend to anyone? I'm actually one of those sickos who have com- fully converted to IDP leagues. Oh, okay. uh, so it's really not off the top of my head. One thing I would probably look for or have always looked for is defenses with bad offenses. Uh, because I believe that they provide a safer floor just because teams aren't normally scoring a ton of points on them. It's just a mucky game in general week to week. Uh, So if you can get yourself, maybe the Texans defense, I think is one that could impress Jalen Petrie was fantastic last year. Uh, And they just brought in Will Anderson as well as now um, who was that rookie sinks the, the rookie corner that they drafted last year. I know Uh, what you're saying. Yep. 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 Going into second year. So So I I think that that's going to be good. Yeah, I like to play um, de- in the leagues where I have defenses. I play it week to week, just matchup driven. And yeah, that's why, yeah. like, you know, you think like, oh, I'm drafting this elite defense. Unless they're like the 2000 Ravens or the those Pittsburgh teams that were just monsters. The teams that you think are going to be the best defenses often fall to like the ninth best defense. And then are you really going to play them against the Chiefs? Right. Like no. the Jets, for example, have that horrible schedule against Buffalo, against the Chiefs, against in Denver. So. Even though they're a good defense, they they may not be a good fantasy defense. In all my leagues, I've been taking the Commanders for I've been drafting them because they played Arizona in Week One. Yeah, there you I go. I mean, and then <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's the reason Are they. Yeah. And then after that, I'm going to drop them. And if you if you have a league that has a little bit deeper, like 20 bench spots, you could take the Giants. They're a, sh- a shitty defense, but they play Arizona in Week Two. 
There you go. Nice and little you, stack action. Yeah. So again, then you just drop them. So I mean, that's really what I do. I just play it week to week, and I try to, if I have enough bench spots, just look an extra week out. So don't overthink it. Uh, when there's a rookie, if, if someone's playing Houston, whoever's playing Houston uh, week one, you could take them. Bryce against Bryce Young against rookie quarterbacks. That's you know. yeah. How about kickers? Do you do anything with kickers? Yeah. Um. I think the biggest rule for a kicker is on an offense that's good but not too good. I mean, you mm. want the offenses that stall out in the red zone, that stall out when they're in field goal range. Maybe one of these rookie guys, like maybe like the Colts kicker, the Panthers kicker, the Texans kicker. I love myself some young way because you know, he's indoors, the Falcons kicker. I think that's a good offense. Although I do think that they will be red zone efficient. So it's if they can get down there or not, but I don't necessarily want like Harrison Bucker because then you're kind of stuck with extra points. Yeah, my theory. I I love that. That's good. Good uh, sound strategy. Uh, my theory on kicker is, that, like, only people say, "Oh, let's just take kicker in the last two rounds because you never know who's going to be in the top five year to year." But we do know Justin Tucker is going to be in the top five every year, yeah. and he kicks long field goals. So the years that Justin Tucker has a double digit round by this year, it's week thirteen. I'll reach up to take him because I don't want to have to grind kickers all year. I just want to put Tucker in there set it and forget it. And by week 13, I'll know if I'm in the playoffs or not. So if I'm not, you know, I'm not going to really sweat it. Whereas if I am in the playoffs, I'll keep Tucker on my roster, burn a roster spot for a week while I pick up another kicker. So if it's Justin Tucker, you know, he's going to be there. I'll reach up and people think this is the biggest donkey strategy, but I'll reach up into round, you know, 13 to get him. And most times your round 13 player, you're going to drop anyway, Jason. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah, no, I, I like it. And I'm a big fan of kickers and fantasy football. I don't like the people that are trying to ruin it. I, we play fantasy football because we like football, and kickers are an important part of football. <laughs> There's nothing better than beating someone because your kicker had like 17 points. I know it sucks being on the other side of it, but there's just nothing better. And especially so when, yeah, when you're in leagues that have three, four, five scoring, meaning field goals of 39 or under or three, 49 or under a four, and then – all the way up to like if it's a 58 yard field goal it's not five it's 5.8 you know yep. so all right give me another breakout here uh let's switch over to the quarterback position if you don't mind uh oh wait oh no you look like you were gonna say something else we'll come back to quarterback no i'm just looking at my list i've got yeah. i've got two quarterbacks on here and they're both rookies and by the way where this is not for super flex super flex everyone's getting drafted in the first five rounds. Just just draft right. them all. But we're talking right. about in single quarterback leagues, if you're not into the elite or if you're taking the middle tier, who's one of those guys that could just really thrust up and make a difference for you? So uh, just really quickly, I do believe Anthony Richardson is bust-proof. Um, I'm sure that people have had ener- uh, heard enough of that by now. So if it's okay, or I could talk about him too. But I, uh, Listen also- to me. A, a lot of people coming in are coming in right now. Like when you first started playing fantasy football, a lot of people come in right now for the first time and yeah. other people that have been doing it all year like us, the takes get cycled in and out. So what's the current state of, of the market on Anthony Richardson? I think I want to know. It's it's pretty high. I mean, you have, to, you have to spend up to get him right now. And I think a good way to do this is to get him and like pair him with like a Jared Goff or a Geno Smith or something. Um Jordan loves a good pick too, as Uncle Ted Talk says here. But with with uh, with Anthony Richardson, I just the athleticism is insane. He's bigger than basically every linebacker in the NFL and faster as well. I just think he's going to be a, really just an absolute animal and impossible to stop. 
Plus, I mean, you've got a pretty good offense around him as well. And the offensive coordinator from the Eagles, Shane Steichen, last year, who worked with Jalen Hurts, is now the head coach of the Colts. And I'm imagining will draw up plenty of similar plays for Anthony Richardson. Reports that the QB sneak that everyone hated, that was Steichen's play. Um, and that, I think we'll be seeing that. And I already talked about Jelani Woods a little bit earlier. But the other weapons, too, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce are pretty good, too. Yeah, it's very interesting that a, like we all see the upside with A. Rich, with Anthony Richardson, but none of the pass catchers get drafted in the first five rounds. I mean, Michael Pittman's usually the first one in round six. I mean, is, do you think that's the appropriate price? Or if if you're yeah. predicting A. Rich to break out, should, is he, should he really be like in the top four rounds? Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's tough because I think Anthony Richardson could break out without Michael Pittman. Like, I think a lot of it's going to come from the rushing. And you might have guessed that I think a lot of it's going to go to Jelani Woods. I think that he's going to be a hyper-focus. Um, and, of course, there's still Jonathan Taylor there. They brought in Evan Hole as a pass-catching running back. Uh, and Alec Pierce looks really good on the other side, too, that I just don't know if there's going to be enough to go around for Michael Pittman to hit his ADP. You know, we we're always trying to pre- – I like that you talked about Alec Pierce, because the second-year player on the Colts, because – we're all trying to figure out who's going to be that second-year guy to take the the big leap. Is it like Traylon Burks, Drake London? I mean, Alave and Wilson are already, you know, top 20 picks. But a lot of times it's it's someone that you just don't know, right? Like yeah. it's it's yeah. Alec Pierce. Now, Alec Pierce definitely gets drafted in 20-round best balls. But in 16-round uh, home league, he's on a waiver wire. Like I just looked in a couple of the ones I've already drafted. He's out there. Nobody's yep. taking picking him up. So uh, I think that you talk about second-year guys that you're willing – because it's so hard to find waiver-wire receivers. Um, would you rather spend your last roster spot on someone like Jacoby Myers or Alec Pierce? Alec Pierce. And that's just because at the end of the draft, I'm shooting for ceiling here. And I, I think Jacoby Myers has a good floor. But even then, I, I do think that his best years are behind him, that his best years would have been with the Patriots. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine but I, I'm definitely shooting for a higher ceiling player there. We're talking about quarterbacks. So just getting off breakouts for a second, how are you plan on playing the quarterback position in, in your redraft leagues? Are you going to reach up into the first two rounds for that tier one? Do you like uh, the next three or four guys in, in round three through five? Or it's, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, it's an important question because it really forms how your fantasy football roster is going to shape up this year. It is, and the build I've personally been going with the most is Bijan Robinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, and like a Patrick Mahomes. I have like my cornerstones at every position, and I can play freely from there pretty much. I know that I'm, as I talked about earlier, I really like Kyle Pitts, so I know I'm going to be able to get him a little bit later for my tight end spot, and then I can kind of play around. I do think that it's important, especially in single QB leagues, to have one of those top tier quarterbacks. Yes, you can get by with the Jared Goffs of the world, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, but you're going to have just such an advantage every single week with one of those top-tier guys. Uh, In terms of who I think is a really good value that people are sleeping on, maybe a re-breakout, if you will, is Justin Herbert. I do think that he's presenting a really good value right now at his cost. I was in the um, an NFFC high stakes draft uh, about a month ago. Theo was in there. Theo Greminger from Player Profiler. A bunch of sharks in there, and I took uh, I took Herbert as the QB four ahead of Burrow, 
ahead of uh, Fields. I'm a little worried that I took him ahead of Fields, but the reason was I, you know, in in an overall contest type of thing, you're looking for a stack. I felt better about. I knew I was going to take Mike Williams in the next round, mm-hmm. so I felt better about a Herbert Williams stack in round four or five than I did about a Justin Fields DJ Moore stack. I guess that's round five and six respectively. So, yeah. um, but I could easily see. Justin Fields being the QB one overall as well, you know. Maybe I don't know. I think I think I, I think he did a good move with Justin Herbert. I'm not going to lie. I think okay. he, I, I, I mean, he had almost 700 pass attempts last year. Now he has an even pass happier offensive coordinator coming. So, yeah, I'm excited for Herbert. All right, good. Yeah, no, all right. You're making me feel good about my team because my team was panned. Uh, you know, I won't go through the whole squad right now, but yeah, it was panned. All right, we're talking about breakouts. You mentioned Bijan. Um, I had been saying um, on all the podcasts that I do that I would take Bijan anytime Justin Jefferson's off the board, meaning at pick two on, and we can we're going to talk about him in detail in a moment. I have changed that stance not because I don't I still have Bijan as my number one running back in fantasy football, and we'll again we'll we'll speak this through, uh, but it's just that as I talked about at the earlier part of the podcast. Getting a first-round wide receiver, especially in the top six or eight picks, has become more important to me structurally in three wide receiver drafts than getting yeah. Bijan. But let's talk Bijan. You have? Did you have him as a breakout? Like, where are you taking yeah. him in your fantasy drafts? Yeah, I, I'm taking him if he's there in the first round. Uh, I think the only players How early? I How early? Oh, yeah, we're about to say. Okay, so who? Yeah, would you yeah. Take uh, I'm not taking Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson over him. And depending on my mood, you're I'm not taking them over. You are taking them. I am sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. taking. Chase All right. Let's Jackson. go through this. Let's go. So you'll take uh, Chase and Jefferson over him. Yep. Okay. What other wide receivers would you take over him? No other wide receivers. Okay. What other running backs? No other running backs. So you're taking I'm him not, at pick three. I might take Kelsey depending on my mood. You're taking him at pick four. Yeah. Pick four to smash. Pick four is a smash. Three. I'm thinking about it. You're my kind of guy, Jason Allwine. All right. Why though? Tell everybody why. They're sick uh, of hearing I mean, me say it, it on this pod. Uh, mostly, it's a gut feeling. I mean, obviously, it, it's he's a really good athlete and everything, and he's a rookie, so it's really hard to project how good he's gonna be. But when you look at the profile, when you look at his usage, and when you look at his landing spot, um, I have mentioned I'm from Atlanta. I have been hoping and praying since they brought in Arthur Smith that they would give him an elite running back. I've never understood why you would hire a head coach because of Derrick Henry and then not give him a prospect similar to Derrick Henry in any regard. Now they've finally done that. They've spent up the draft capital. I see all the pieces coming together for this offense. I think the offense is going to be incredibly efficient. I think he's going to be a big focal point. When I went to camp, he lined up as a wide receiver more than half of the time. Like he was always out there. That's tons of receptions are going his way. Plus of course the running back usage behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. I'm latching on to Bijan Robinson wherever I can. Let me let me kiss your feet. Come here, bring your feet next to me. Let me kiss those feet of yours. I, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't give those out for free. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, all right. Well, well, I'll go to your OnlyFans, Jason. I'll, I'll get your your feet pics. You know, I'll, I'll pay for them. Uh, you could get uh, Jason's OnlyFans in the description below. Uh, now we're talking Bijan Robinson. Like you said, I think the floor is high, ceiling's high. Everything you said. Uh, people say, well, I'm not going to draft a rookie running back that's never played in the NFL. I mean, the easy comparisons in the last half decade, Zeke. Uh, he was RB3 his rookie season, Barkley RB1 his rookie season. There is precedent for it. You outline the Arthur Smith stuff. Um, the only other pushback that I get on this is, you know, Tyler Algier was, uh, by, all metric, uh, by all accounts, a successful running back with 1,000 yards last year. 
And I said, what did they run like 500? How many times did they run last year? Even if if uh, Tyler Algier gets 150 carries, like there's still plenty for Bijan to get like 300. It's like that's yeah, how much no, they ran last year. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just plenty to go around. I mean, I think even Cordero Patterson is going to have a really big role in this offense. So um, it's not to say that Bijan Robinson is the main guy of this offense, but he's just going to be really efficient and get so much volume. I mean, you brought up Zeke and uh, Saquon. I mean, you could even bring out James Robinson and Philip Lindsay, undrafted rookies that ended up leading the league and rushing their Damn. rookie season. So um, it, it's out there. Good, cool. But you didn't have to spend a first-round pick on those guys. No, that's you the didn't. Di- right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Zeke and Barkley. Because, listen, if Barkley was going in the third round, this wouldn't even be a discussion for everybody. Like Just like how Gibbs is not really a discussion for people. They're just doing it, and they're like, okay, yeah. I'm in, I'm not in. But when you have to spend, when you're passing on Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and all these guys, like that's the... That's the that's the uh, the the pushback on people, and I understand. Like it, there is risk when you take yeah. Cooper Cup or you know a healthy Cooper Cup. There's no risk when you take Tyree Kill. There's no risk other than you know the injury stuff. All right, I uh, I was just looking down the list of breakouts that I have. I'm very happy that I did have Alec Pierce on there, but another player um, was Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Oh, good. So you're in on Christian Watson for those of you just listening. Christian Watson, I'm not so sure why he's not being considered in the same tier as Wilson and Olave. Now, I understand why there's pushback, but he broke out just as much as they did, right? I mean, I mean, from week 10, from when Watson became a full-time starter to the end of the season, Jason, he was wide receiver nine, like yep. top 10 wide receiver. And I know Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, but that one game that he played with Jordan Love in Week 12 against the Eagles, a good defense. He had four catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Sample of one, but football is a small sample size. There's no risk in the fifth round, and then you know it's so. If you don't like Christian Watson and you want to pass for another option for Damian Pierce or whatever running back you take there, that's fine. But it's so obvious to me that Christian Watson is going to be one of those guys that were like, oh, my God, he was one of the answers. He's going at pick 17 next year. Someone's pushing him up to pick 13. And everything I saw, talk about the eyeball test. This guy passed it. Yeah, no, he was going into last year's rookie draft. He was my number one rookie wide receiver. Oh, wow. Um, And I'm still kind of there. I was working on my rankings this week, and I actually have Christian Watson right behind T. Higgins right now. Um, I'm expecting really big things from him. And part of it is Jordan Love is not afraid to sling it. We've been seeing the camp videos. He's connecting on deep passes on everything, looking really good. And in college, he led his conference in yards per attempt. Christian Watson is going to be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do lightning round, some breakout players, but first want to tell everybody about rival fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head to head fantasy football games without huge tournaments, salary caps or complicated game types, then rival fantasy is what you want to play the season from a twist on the classic game with fantasy bingo, where players generate a lineup uh, to complete achievements and get bingo or head-to-head fantasy challenges where you'll pick uh, which of two players will score more fantasy points. This is the best of fantasy sports. For 2023, Rival is offering a new user deposit up to $200 match. You see a lot of 100 This is 200 buck match plus $25 first play voucher. Uh, Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play out the gate. Experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Rival Fantasy and become uh, a rival today. Let me see if I have a code for that one because that one sounds good. When they're giving me money to play, 
Yeah. I'm playing here. Let's so uh, this is great radio right here. Well, I'm uh <laughs> I'll put it all right. I'll put it in there. If uh, I, Rival does have a code, let's see. Come on, here we go. Rival has a code. Um, sign up now. All right, there's an actual link. I think I put it in the video description there. But they're just gonna give you twenty five dollars to, to play. Nice. Like, there's no obligation. You don't need to deposit, or maybe I don't know. You have to go check it out. All right, we're talking about breakout players for two thousand twenty three. Lightning round. Just give me the next three on your list that you. Just, and if there's any of them that we need to circle back on, we will. So, who are three players that you think are going to break out this year? I've got some more on my list. I have Jamison Williams, Sky Moore, and just plainly a Texans wide receiver. <laughs> okay, and now pick one. Pick which one. I have. I really personally haven't been able to decide. I really think all three will be fine, and that Stroud will be good. Um, let's just go ahead and ride with the hype train right now and say it's Tank Dell. All right, right. Well, right now on the tech. And by the way, I have Sky Moore too, so we'll talk about him in a second. But uh, Tank Dell, you can already see now he's going to be drafted now in, in sixteen yeah. round drafts because of last night on yeah. the depth chart, which doesn't mean much. He's fourth right now behind mm-hmm. Noah Brown. And they're just two different receivers. Noah Brown, a blocking receiver, big guy. And then yeah. don't I don't want people to sleep on Robert Woods. I always get eye roll when I talk about Robert Woods. But, yeah, no, it's easy to see Tank Dell. C.J. Stroud wanted him on the team. The coach is already talking him up. So I like that. So from now on, when someone asks you about uh, which Houston receiver, say Tank Dell. Say Tank Dell. I think that's a good one. It's a good buzzy name. All right, Sky Moore, why is he going to break out? We haven't seen a Chiefs receiver break out since Tyreek Tyre- Hill left. Yeah, I mean, and it's really just, I mean, Tyreek Hill had a rough rookie season. Sky Moore had a rough rookie season, but I mean, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, started to come on strong, and reports out of camp are that he is always the first team wide receiver. Even in two wide receiver sets, he's out there. And I mean, we're seeing good clips and everything from him. He looked great in college. So I'm taking a chance on him uh, out of all of the Chiefs wide receivers. It's got to be Sky Moore. Yeah, and the price is right, right? He hasn't really gone up too much either, right? The Kadarius Tony uh, injury would send him down. I thought Sky Moore would basically take his place in the ADP. It hasn't happened. I mean, Sky Moore, was he going like the seventh or eighth round? In Sometimes later. Yeah. Right. In your home league, he'll go in the 10th round. People aren't yeah. going to be in on him. Now, if he breaks one in a preseason, then it's a different story because everyone watches on every device now. Yeah. Um, how about Jahan Dotson? Uh, I, I, I already see, you know, and that's the reaction. And for those listening, Jason did this thing where he shakes his head side to side. He's not <laughs> sure it's a little icky, but the guy scored a lot of touchdowns last year. And, you know, you could say when, when he did play that that was luck and touchdown regression. But if you look back, I looked on player profiler, he scored touchdowns in college too. Like he did this at yep. a double digit rate and nobody likes drafting Tara McLaurin in like the fourth round. Dotson in the seventh round, he's got better draft capital than Terry McLaurin. So what's yep. what's your um, skepticism on Dotson? Why are you not as uh, – why, why is he not on a list of guys that can really break out? I mean, and I by think, the way, I think, uh, sorry, I'm just going to say for the clarifying, he's the second-year receiver on the Washington team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's not that I don't think he'll be good. It's that I think he'll just be good. Okay. If that, if that, I think that's a good. Hopefully, that's a good enough answer. I just think. Yeah, be good. no, no. You're you're saying that he's not going to be a difference maker. Um, yeah, he's one of those players that, if I'm reading you right, that you'll never know when to start. You'll probably start him every week, but I mean, I I'm not expecting you to like get many more many twenty plus point games out of him. I think he's a eight to like sixteen kind of guy. 
Yeah, if I'm going to give bold predictions, one of like we do a big bold prediction, one for every team at the end of the year, and I've already written down Jahan Dotson will outproduce uh, Terry McLaurin. So, you know, that's going to be. I don't mind a, that at all. I don't yeah. mind that at all. And he's like a supercharged Tyler Lockett. That's how I always saw him. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so, and, and he was hurt a lot yeah. last year. And if Sam Howell breaks out, great, which our guy in the chat, Brandon Adam, thinks Sam Howell's on already for a big breakout. And if it's Jacoby Brissett, we've already seen him support Amari Cooper and, uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and have uh, some good fantasy players, pass catchers already. So uh, you would name, who was some of the other guys you'd uh, ask? You said, you said uh, Sky Moore what was that last list. Uh, Jamison Williams. Yeah, talk about him because we're going to be on opposite sides of this. Because I'm, I, I'm not on Williams, but I want to hear why because I do understand why he could be be an upside play. Yeah, I mean, I think mostly is it's I love his cost right now, even with the suspension. I know it sucks to have to eat those six games, but you're not getting anyone with that kind of upside at that point of the draft, and it's really just a Lions offense play. The Lions last year tenth in team pass plays per game. Jared Goff had the six most pass attempts. He was seventh in deep ball completion percentage, which is where Jamison Williams will be. Goff was seventh in yards per attempt, seventh in deep ball accuracy. And DJ Chark last year, who profiles similarly in only 11 games, had 500 yards and three touchdowns. Jamison Williams, a better prospect. Before the injury, he was going to be the first wide receiver taken, and it wasn't even close. Uh, I just think that we're finally going to see what it takes. And, I mean, his only catch in the NFL is a touchdown. So Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the upside. Here is the um, the downside, not the downside case, because we know the downside case is that he's not good, right? And that he's a knucklehead yeah. type of thing. But in if you're drafting in your typical home league, not best ball, right? Your home league where you have a 16-round draft, maybe a 17-round draft, and you have five bench spots, six bench spots, you're going to have to, and if you can IR Jameson Williams, which in most leagues you can't, mm-hmm. but if you can, this is, this is a moot point. Draft them. Like for all the reasons that Jason just told you to. It's a great it's a great analysis. But when you only have five bench spots and you have to now burn one on Jameson Williams, there's an opportunity cost that you can you should understand. I'm not telling you don't do it, but when those hot free agents come up, you're gonna it's gonna be tight to hold them. Maybe not at first because you're gonna drop some other guy, but the bye weeks come up starting in what, week five, Jason? Yeah, uh, or maybe four. Four, right? So we four. So now it gets a little tighter, right? And then so you're going to miss out on the next Elijah Mitchell. You can't even bid because you don't have the roster room for him. So in most leagues, it's okay to do it, but understand there's an opportunity cost. Now here's let me give you another scenario. You held, you held Jamison Williams for the six games. Are you going to want to start him right away in week seven? No, you're going to want to see how it goes. Let's say it doesn't go well. Let's say it's three catches for 38 yards. Now you yeah. can't start him in week eight. Then the buy happens, and now yeah. all of a sudden the fantasy season's basically over. So, the other side of it is what Jason said: first first game, eight for eighty and two touchdowns. Uh oh, struck gold. <laughs> so, and that is the upside play. But just understand, it's that not being able to hit the waiver wire as aggressively as you want to, and then yeah. the wait and see approach. So, I see both sides of it, and I think it's format dependent. Yeah, I think so too. I last year I kind of drafted a decent bit of DeAndre Hopkins. And in one league, I did drop him. I mean, I regretted that so much. So maybe I'm just overcorrecting. Yeah. So if if you um if you like Jamison Williams, another strategy what you could do is wait for the other guy to drop him in week four, and then go get him in week four. Right? Go aggressively go. bid on him. So uh, yeah. I'm not willing to tell Jason he's wrong here because uh, it's a good case. But I, it's not with so many options out there. It's going to be tough for me to do it. In my rosters. All right. You did it, man. Um, I enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I want everyone to go follow Jason as I do at J football 
wine. And there's a little double spelling in there. Uh, we, it's not that he, he likes wine. It's his, his last name, All Wine, is in there. And you can see Jason every morning. How many days a week do you do your Wake and Take show? I do Monday through Friday. Okay, so Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You want to get up to date on what's going on for the day. It's like a, it's basically, hey, this is what happened in the in the football world, and this is how it pertains to fantasy football. If you don't like reading articles or you just want like to play it in the background while you're commuting to work or whatever you're doing, yep. Jason's show is the best. Uh, our own Jim Coventry does another show uh, where he gives you the news and analysis, but that's at 11, so you can watch both. You can put on Jason at 10, put on Jim Coventry back on our YouTube channel at 11 o'clock. Uh, remember, everybody, right now the Rotowire Draft Kit is available, and we're going to give it away to you for free for two days. So basically, if you want to get go behind Rotowire's paywall, just unlock it for two days. You go to rotowire.com forward slash pod, P-O-D. Just put in your email and the paywall unlocks. There's no like credit card to put in. There's nothing the lapses. Nothing worse than like a free sample, Jason, when you have to like forget to cancel it, like, you know, with like yeah. Apple Music or something. And then all of a sudden you're just getting billed every month. So uh, with this, you just put in your email and paywall unlocks. We'll be back next week with another Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to have Warren Sharp on. Uh, that's going to be a good episode. And we're going to talk some gambling, some uh, some player props, all that stuff. Thanks again, Jason, for coming out. Everyone should go check out uh, it, Jason's links, which I put in the video description below. See you next week. Good luck in your drafts this month. Doors, doors. When the sun goes down on my side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to